Bezrat Hashem, just to explain to our cherished participants what we have done uh, as we've gone off of our regular order, because uh, at now the time, it's called Sav Shmona in Israel. It's emergency call-up. And so you get the clause number eight. That's an emergency call-up that trumps everything. And uh, we are learning Moran to give us strength to go through this period. Rabbi Nachman, he knows exactly what is Rabbi Nachman's doctor of the soul. And so tonight we will begin. I don't think we're going to be able to finish it in one Torah. This is Torah 112. Okay, Torah Kufiud Beis in section one. Torah Kufiud Beis, and it's really illuminating the darkness. That The Kla Yisrael is in a lot of darkness, especially coming off of Simchat Torah. And we're licking the wounds. And But uh, Am Yisrael is a lion, but not a wounded lion. But wounded lions are dangerous. Okay, Bezrat Hashem. Uh, but now we're going to be dangerous and we're going to get closer to Shem. All right. And that, that's dangerous for our enemies. And we can see that ain't od milvado. Everything Hashem is doing in the war is bringing us closer to Mashiach and showing him everything that happens. That there's no one but Hashem. No one but Hashem. The IDF had this plan. And the plan is a plan to really knock out Hamas two days ago. And they couldn't, they couldn't implement the plan because Blinken came over and Blinken put the handbrakes on it. And Blinken, it's the first time ever that things, they could just see the miracles that Hashem is doing. This is just preface to our lesson that when did you ever hear, can you imagine in the U.S. Security Council with the commander in chief and the president and the secretary of defense that they have some kind of foreign delegate participate in, in the biggest secret, you know, whether to kill bin Laden or not, and they let a foreign diplomat participate? No, no way to have the U.S. Secretary of State participate in Israel's security cabinet. This was crazy. Well, for seven hours, he just put the handbrakes on all the things. He, he, he said, he said, if you, you go ahead and, and you invade Gaza, uh, you're not going to get what you need. You're not going to get the armaments. It, it was blackmail. And then the next day, Biden came and Biden said, uh, uh, you guys are not going to bomb civilian targets. We don't bomb civilian targets. But Hamas hides under hospitals and schools and mosques and you can't get at them. That, you know, that's the way they use, they, they use their, their own as human okay so that's it really slowed down things have been slowed down but it's not been slowed down by biden and blinken it's been slowed down by hashem because hashem wants to show imagine that israel would have this miraculous six-day war victory and now wipe out hamas and very very quickly and and uh there can't be there can't be a, a revenge for the souls we lost because every soul is a jewel. Every soul is a jewel, and it, it doesn't not worth it. That they have uh, life is so dear to us, so dear to the Jewish people. But uh, Hashem is showing that He runs the world. Hashem is showing He's run the world. We see this all through Lekutei Moran. Rabbi Nachman told us that he, Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman's Torah is the Torah of Emuna, and Rabbi Nachman said that before Mashiach comes, Emuna will be like climbing a glass wall. With your fingernails. Now imagine trying glass wall with your fingernails. That's not too, it's not too tenable. All right, it's okay. But this is it. So now we're strengthening ourselves in Amuna. We're learning Torah 112. Torah 112, and another reason that Hashkoha Pratis with Hashem's divine direction, Torah 112 is based on a passage in this week's Torah portion. Uh, the Rebbe starts out with a passage from Noach. So al vel ama this is from Genesis chapter 6, verse 16. Okay, so it means it's a double meaning. 
means make a light for the ark. Make a light for the ark. The one that says a light, or it could be an opening. And to a cubit, finish it above. It should be a, a cubit higher. And the opening should be on its side with lower second and third stories below it. This is how to make the, the, the Torah is telling Noah how to build the ark. Rashi says that a tzor has a double meaning. A tzor says it's a light, a beacon of light. And another tzor is a precious jewel. Precious jewel also illuminates. You see the way the diamond shines. It's also precious. Okay. So Rabbi Nachman now begins. He says, Hina yadua. Rabbi Nachman quotes King David in Psalm 12, verse 9, where he says that uh, evil forces all the time surround holiness. Uh, this is if you think twice, think deeper. This is Rabbi Nachman. This, this, is, this is the newspaper. This is today's newspaper, where evil forces surround the holiness. So Israel is completely surrounded and completely surrounded, not only. We're not only talking about Arab countries. Look at what happened uh, last night. Was that? I'm just lost time. I lost my concept of time within in and out of the shelter. But the, or the night before, when the Jihad Islami hit, they missed. They missed a rocket. It didn't make it out of Gaza, and it landed on a hospital. Well, right away, Hamas blamed Israel, and right away, they blamed Israel. Israel's bombing Gaza hospitals. But luckily, Israel has sophisticated equipment and had cameras that show where the rocket was launched and where the rocket was landed. When the uh, President of the United States came here, they showed him all the things. And they even had uh, eavesdropping on the conversations that they grabbed between Hamas commanders. They had all that, too. They had all the proof that it was them that did it. Okay, so they debunked all this lie. But even after they debunked this lie, you've got your... Democratic, uh, what do they call them? The crew, the the, the congressman there. You have the BBC. One thing that uh, we had the Prime Minister of Britain today in Israel, and one thing the President of Israel asked him, he said, "Please take care of your BBC. They're spewing hate against Israel. They're spewing lies." And it's what Rebbe Nachman going to talk about. We're going to be talking about the truth. Rebbe Nachman, the light, talk about the truth. This is really the new paper. So not only are we surrounded by Hamas in the south and Hezbollah in the north. And we've got the, the jihad to the, to the east and all over. Eh, we're surrounded by evil all over the world. Tiny little Israel is surrounded by evil all over the world. And we know one thing when we said last night on Amuna Hour is the cheapest commodity in the world market is Jewish blood. And nobody cries when Jewish blood is spilled. And we see not only that, but they cry when, when a Jew is strong. And when he, when he fights back, no, this can't be. So we have all these lies going on. And Rabbi Nachman describes this to a T. He describes to a T. Rabbi Nachman says, He got to King David. King David was the king of Israel. And he was a prophet. And he was a Mashiach. And King David knew everything that was going on in history. So he said that the dark side all the time surrounds holiness. Okay. Why is that? Because King Solomon explains why that is. In Ecclesiastes chapter chapter seven, he says, "Ze luumat ze asa Hashem," because Hashem created one contrast against the other. What it means in order to be a free, the, the Ramchal explains this. Ramchal explains this. So what Rebbe Nachman brings, it's it's so uh, telegraphic. Uh, each really, if we learn in depth, we could take every tiny sentence and take an hour on it. Uh, Rabbi Nachman explains something that the Ramchal elaborates on. The Ramchal says 
that there cannot be a context of reward and punishment. By the way, this is Derech Hashem, the way of Hashem, the Ramchal first chapter. He says there cannot be a concept between of, of reward and concept if there's not a perfect balance between good and evil in the world. Because if there's not a perfect balance, suppose the world is 51% evil and 49% good. Then people could come up to the heavenly court and say, hey, listen, uh, Hashem, it's not my fault. I was in a climb where I was really coerced to do good, to do to evil, heaven forbid. The guy's right. The guy's right. The force is stronger than him. And then suppose, so he doesn't deserve to be punished. But suppose he's in a climate where there's 51% good and 49% evil. And he comes up, he wants his reward for doing good. And they don't give him any reward because they say you, you were forced. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a throne game. And good was stronger than evil. So the Ramchal explains that can only be a context of reward and punishment when good and evil are exact. Now look at the profound ramifications of that idea that Rebbe Nachman brings down right here. That Hashem maintains a perfect balance of good and evil. Now, how many Jews are in the world? What's the percentage? I don't know what the percentage of Jews are in the world right now, but I think it's it's much less than 0.25%, like a quarter of a 1%, maybe. I'm taking a wild guess. Maybe a quarter of a percent at most. And then you've got 99.75% of the other nations. <laughs> and Rabbi Nachman is telling us this is a perfect balance of being good and evil. So imagine it's mind-boggling that the weight of the good that the Jewish people, by learning Torah and observing the Torah and bringing the Torah, and they get help. They've got artillery assistance from the wonderful Noahides that they've really sacrificed a lot. And they come in and, and they accept the Torah. No doubt about it. When I mention the Jews, I'm talking about the Noahides also, because they accept the Shem and accept the seven Noahide mitzvahs because they believe in the Torah. So between the Jews and the Noahides and the Noahides, they're less percentage than the, the Jews are. There's less Noahides in the world. I wish there were, but there, there are a lot more. But then that's what we, we try. There's less Noahides in the world than, than there are Jews. Uh, but yet, look, look at the, between the Jews and the Noahides against the whole world, this is a perfect balance of good and evil. So you can imagine how powerful each one of us is. It, it's, it's amazing. And it's not my words, words of Ramchal, words of Rabbi Nachman right here. And the words of King Solomon, the wisest man that walked the face of the earth. Okay, uvefrat. Remember, Rabbi Nachman says, you be careful. If someone has picked a path of transgressing, then he's joined the dark side. And this is what we mentioned on our broadcast earlier today on Amuna News. Mentioned Eliezer ben Yaakov in the fourth chapter of Ethics of the Fathers. He says, if someone does a mitzvah, that person creates a positive force, a positive angel. And if someone does the opposite, a transgresses Torah, heaven forbid, he creates a negative force. So it turns out that carcinomas and malignant tumors and Hamas and such negative forces in the world are all created out of our transgressions. And this we, we spoke when, before the war and there was intramural hate. I think it, it, every one of you, you know, we, it, there wasn't a lesson why I didn't speak against the intramural hate. There wasn't a lesson why I didn't speak against slander. There wasn't a lesson that didn't warn. This is really dangerous, really dangerous. Look what happened. Look what happened. And it, and it, 
doesn't help that they told us. But one thing that the one thing that good came out of it is that the intramural, intramural hate is dead. That got killed. That I'm glad. That is the one casualty of the war, the intramural hate. And and you could see now that the secular news that was spreading so much hate. Now they're reporting about Zaka and reporting about Hatsala and reporting about the brave Haredi volunteers under fire that they're they're bringing out charred bodies. Never been to what, what they're doing. It's amazing. And and when there's nobody, there's all these funerals and nobody attend them. And there's a volunteers from all the Haredi cities coming to to encourage people and to say Kaddish for them, to say shiva with them, and all, all this all this good press. All of a sudden, everybody's loving each other. All of a sudden, it, it, it's it's fantastic. Okay, so we could see a person has a choice of pulling himself to the light side or joining the evil side. And that's it be there. What do you want? Do you want the IDF or you want Hamas? Take your choice. Pick your side. That's it. And then Rabbi Nachman says, mm-hmm. said anybody that joins the evil side. And I said, so what's the big deal? What's the big deal if I, I get in the car on Shabbat? What's the big deal if I eat in a non-kosher restaurant. What's the big deal if I say a, a few words, tell a, tell a few juicy stories about my buddy? What's a f- Oh, it is a very big deal because now, my friend, according to Rabbi Nachman, you won't be able to pray. You won't be able to pray. You won't be able to learn Torah. You won't be able to do, have any spirit, spiritual cognizance, what we call spiritual awareness. Old Isaac says spiritual awareness in Trail of Tranquility. Okay, that's what he calls it. In Hebrew, it's called dot. Okay, finish, complete. And and because the person has pulled himself, he's joined the wrong side. He joined the rough side. So Rabbi Nachman says, everyone according to his own choice. Okay, so here, if a person is drawn to base desires, is going to be in trouble that uh, forget about spirituality in life. As soon as a person is drawn in base desires, and we spoke about that in our two introductory lessons to 13 principle Muna. And we can see that in the introduction, the introductory chapter. When a person is drawn to base desires, the person's whole soul, okay, the nefesh within the body, the soul gravitates to the dark side and the toll takes the body with it. The toll takes the heart with it. The soul overcomes it, overcomes the heart. It's like it just like uh, Hamas overran the south of Israel. That's exactly what the, the animal soul does to the heart. And pulls the heart down rather than the brain, the neshama, the higher soul in the brain want to pull the heart up and the heart be connected with the brain. It's connected now with the body and it's pulled to bodily and base desires. Okay, this Rebbe Nachman, he alludes to this to this, uh, uh, this concept, which is a basic concept in Kabbalah. Now, Rebbe Nachman continues on. He says, Because a person that has made a transgression, Rebbe Nachman is not talking about a person that's evil. He's talking about a person that made a transgression. It's mind-boggling. But people think, oh, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? A little thing, a little white lie, a little this, a little that. I don't do anything wrong. And what's the big deal? Okay, so my my blouse is a little bit provocative. My skirt, my hemline is a little too high. And, you know, what's the big deal? Hold it. Rabbi Nachman says that since the person that has done that, what's the big deal? The person has gravitated to the dark side. Now that the person has gravitated 1% to the dark side because that one little translation has pulled him to the dark side, has pulled him into darkness. Darkness has taken the person away from divine illumination. When we go into the light, and that's why the metaphor of light and darkness, the light means divine illumination. 
And the divine illumination, that's what we call Or Sameach, as the, the Yeshiva is named after that, Or Sameach, the happy light. Because Kudi Hashem Yeshoim Samchev Lev, that the words of Hashem, the mitzvahs of Hashem, they right away gladden the soul. As soon as you even talk about it, it puts a smile on your face and you illuminate divine illumination, it reaches your soul, it kills depression, it kills fear. And a person right away feels, well, closer, there's no greater feeling in the world than proximity to Hashem. And Rabbi Nachman says, but as soon as a person does, the slightest on the bad side, this is something that he didn't do true before. Okay, we all mess up, we're human beings. But right away, we, we re- express our remorse and we make our best effort to do better. And that's why we do cheshbon nefesh every day. This is why Rabbi Nachman stresses so much importance on hitbudadut, on daily speech with Hashem and, and daily uh, self-searching and to search ourselves every day. Because the moment that we go to the slice and dark side, we can't talk to Hashem anymore. Or if we can't talk to Hashem, we can't talk to Hashem with sincerity. Or we can't talk to Hashem with love and awe of Hashem. And even if a person does talk to Hashem, it's like the prayers are weak and they've got no power to rise and they've got no power to pierce the heavens. And we said that in words of steel, earlier words that when we talked about in hour, when a person prays with power, they could pierce everything. And these, these little... Wet noodle prayers, they can't go anywhere. They can't go anywhere because they don't have the love of Hashem in them. They don't have the fear of Hashem in them. That's what the Zohar says, boy. The Hashem wants our heart. What's our heart? Hashem wants words from the heart. Hashem doesn't want us to do it. Hashem doesn't want Hollywood actors. And he doesn't need to be nice. He doesn't need to be socially correct. And there's no uh, political propriety. Hashem wants us to be real, wants us to be truthful. And truth, especially truth and love of Hashem, and truth of fear of Hashem, it pierces all the heavens. Okay. And so Rabbi Nachman says, if a person like that, his transgressed fears, nisharim lemata, that words of prayer, they remain below, under the iron curtains. They don't make it past the iron curtains. There's plenty of echelons of enemy angels that Unworthy prayers, they don't like get to Shem. They're like the guardians. They're, 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 they're guards. They're honor guards. And that's something that's not worthy. For example, if someone would be wearing muddy shoes, he can't go into the palace. Certainly can't go into the king's chamber. And they say, your, your shoes are muddy. You better go clean yourself up. And they say to the prayers, your prayers, you're, you're a wet noodle. Go clean yourself up. Okay. Now they get sent back. And the honor guard says, okay. My friend, if you want your words to penetrate here, you want your words to be heard, then they have to come from the depth of your heart and they have to be said with love and with awe of Hashem. Well, we learned, when we learned spiritual anatomy, we can't get down to the depth of the heart with love and awe of Hashem with a dirty heart. It doesn't work. So first of all, we have to take spiritual hygiene. We have to cleanse ourselves. How do we cleanse ourselves? We cleanse ourselves with a daily tshuva. We cleanse ourselves with the tshuva, what I call the scar treatment. S, we stop the bad behavior. C, we confess to Hashem what we did. A, we apologize. And R, we resolve to try our very best to do better. Now, we cannot promise Hashem that we're going to do better. We say, Hashem, please help me to do better. That you could say. 
then you could say, because eh, we make a, a resolution, you know what happens, New Year's resolutions on January 3rd, you forgot what you did on the on New Year's on the 1st. That's the New Year's resolution. They're not worth very much. So Hashem wants our hearts. Hashem wants our heart. And then Rabbi Nachman says that the only words that are worthy of being accepted upstairs, the ones that come from the belt of heart. When the words come with sincerity and the words are said with love and the words are pure and they come from a pure heart, they pierce every single barrier. They said they're bunker busters. Those prayers are bunker busters. They illuminate all the darkness. Now you see right here. We learn from the, the physical world. The same thing happens in the spiritual world. You see how a bunker buster could go through uh, eight meters of concrete. Then you can reach how these prayers could go. That The barriers between us and Hashem are much more than eight meters of concrete. And we need something a lot stronger than a bunker buster. But guess what? There is nothing more powerful than sincere prayer. People say all the time, oh, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about this? What the Rabbi Nachman is telling us. Nothing more powerful. Go do tshuva, clean yourself up, take a shower, take a spiritual shower, now pray, now pray. And even if you add a little Torah study or add uh, a couple of uh, a couple of tehillim, a couple of psalms before you pray, and now that's your soul mirah, you've left the bad, tov, and done the good like King David says, and now pray, you can have such power, such power, but people don't prepare themselves for prayer. You prepare yourself for prayer just like you prepare yourself for a, for a mission. And you get you make sure nobody goes into a mission with a muddy, with a, a muddy carbine, with a muddy rifle. No, that rifle is finely boiled and lubricated because you don't want that to jam in the middle of combat. And you prepare yourself, you wear your pouches and everything, you know where it is, and everything is tip top, tip top. And this is where you prepare yourself for prayer. So why should we go into prayer like a schlumper? And uh, no, any, any soldier knows you don't go into a war like a like a slovenly. Schlumper in Yiddish means slovenly. You don't go in slovenly. We've got to be good. And that's what Rebbe Nachman is telling us. If we want our prayers to have the power to penetrate all the enemy bunkers that want to stop our prayers between us and the Almighty, then they've got to be said from a pure and honest and clean heart, free of transgression. Okay, it sounds like it's a rough build to finish. But Hashem doesn't expect us to be perfect. But Hashem will say, how come you didn't do self-assessment today? How come you didn't speak to me today? We speak to Hashem all day long. Okay, if a person doesn't have time to set aside them by our schedule, it completely been crazy, topsy-turvy. I can say, well, my, my people do topsy-turvy. I'm used to going out in the field, used to going out in Ashdod. We've got so many beautiful places that we both do. We've got our lovely beach. We've got the to the to the west. We've got the dunes to the east. We've got orchards. <laughs> you can't go out and roam around. You just can't go out and roam around because you got to be close to a shelter all the time. So this business of being closer to shelter time, it's really changed the schedule. And you have a routine to just time of the day, time of the day, every day when I take my spiritual shower, when I do a self-assessment. And Really, a day without self-assessment is a day where we simply don't feel good. We simply don't feel clean. And it's because the neshama doesn't feel clean. We have to have this in order to maintain our optimism, our spiritual health, and our positive onlook on life. And if a person does that every day, it doesn't matter if the bombs are falling outside. It feels good. And if a person 
doesn't do self-assessment, and he could be on a Bermuda vacation or in Monte Carlo or in the lap of luxury, it's going to feel depressed. Feel depressed. This it doesn't matter. And then you could be in you you could be under fire and you could feel fine. So Rabbi Nachman says, we just said what we got to do. He gave us our marching orders. But okay, but how do we merit this? How do we merit a level where we could speak from the heart? We could speak from a clean heart and our words have power. Rabbi Nachman says that the main thing that everything it depends on is truth. Got to be truth. And we don't realize how Western society and Western convention and Western politeness and Western etiquette has killed has killed truth. Someone says, oh, why don't you come over for coffee tonight? They know you're going to say no. They don't want you to come for a coffee night. You know, in Israel, uh, people are what called dugri. People are direct. And if somebody says, why don't you come over to coffee tonight? They say, well, okay, tell me, will you give me your address in time? <laughs> and then all of a sudden the person goes crazy. He says, oh, no, he wasn't expecting that. Oh, I, 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 I didn't mean right now. No, that's the American. It really says right now. Give me the address in time. What's your address and what time? Okay, and make sure you got Turkish black and make sure you got the kind of coffee I like. That's it. Very direct. And that's the truth. Okay, this is what Shem wants. Hashem does one. Oh, yeah, Shem. Help me get close to you, Hashem. Help me do this. And the guy goes back in the street and he looks at every girl that walks down the sidewalk. Come on, man. Oh, but, but because in Hollywood, you know, it's, it's like he thinks he thinks Hollywood is listening to his people do Hashem, Hashem. And his people that go up on the hills and they cry. Did everybody hear, you know, that they're around in, in a four-mile radius can hear that Badoot? No. What we do, the truth is a silent scream. Where you can sit on the metro in London and you could do it, and you could be screaming, nobody hear you, because it's a silent scream from within. That's truth. That's truth. It's what is going on in your heart, my beloved brother, my beloved sister. And this is what Hashem wants. And this is what Hashem will tell you. Why is truth so dear to Hashem? It's amazing. When Moshe Rabbeinu went up on Mount Sinai and he asked Hashem, Hashem, what's your name? I need to know you. That people aren't going to believe that I, I spoke to you. Tell me your name. Shem says, you can't know my name. He says, but Shem, they're, they're not going to believe me. Shem says, tell them my name is I am that I am. In Hebrew, says in Torah, ekia asher ekia. If we take the numerical number of ekia, aleph, hey, yud, hey, it comes out 21. The word asher is multiplication because when Leah Imenu said, that when her son Asher was born, she, she was really down the line. She had more kids than anybody else. She says, Hashem has greatly multiplied my offspring. And she called him Asher, because Hashem has increased my kids. So we know that uh, the word Asher is multiplying. So the Shem's name, Ekia, we say, we don't like to say the trick word, Ekia, Asher, Ekia, is 21 times 21, mathematically equals 441. Okay, a one is an aleph, a 40 is a mem, a 400 is a tough emet, emet. And as we say, Hashem emet, ushmo emet. Hashem is truth and his name is truth. So this is what Hashem was telling Moses. He says, my name is truth. That's it. It's, it's amazing. The whole Torah is, is full of this. And who can you have people say, oh, there were some humans that made, come on, come on. It's, you're so foolish, so naive to believe this. It's amazing. 
So this is what Rabbi Nachman is telling us. Rabbi Nachman says that everything depends on truth. In other words, our closeness to Hashem depends on truth. That each person, according to his or her spiritual level, should be on the truth. Be on the truth. In other words, be truthful for yourself. Okay, you have to understand, but that did you not? Uh, we're not the Chafetz Chaim. We're not Rebbe Vadi Yosef, and we're not Sarah Shmir. Okay, but uh, we're Sue, and we're Katarina, and we're uh, David, and we're Fumani, and everybody goes according to his his own level. Okay, own level. Hashem wants brother Eric to be other Eric. He doesn't want uh, to be some kind of uh, New Orleans. He's not a New Orleans saint. Okay, he's Eric. Okay, he's in Louisiana, but he's not a New Orleans saint. That's Hashem wants us to be all. Hashem doesn't want me to be the Melissa Rebbe. Hey, have you been laser? How about start with laser? Okay, and, and Hashem doesn't expect me to be my teacher. Hashem does, but, but I certainly be myself. And be truthful, be truthful, be truthful, be truthful. Make sure that our prayers are truthful. We talk to Hashem true. We talk to Hashem true. We don't talk these flowery things. Hashem. I'll tell you something else. You know what the biggest lie in the world is? For some, why is my prayer not being heard? The biggest lie in the world is complaining. When a person complains, because Hashem is a loving father. And everything Hashem is doing is for our very good. Oh, you don't believe it? You got a problem. Then you got to go back and see three words of Amuna. Three words of Amuna will show you how everything Hashem does is for the good. Okay, when Hashem complains, Hashem says, hey, complaining. Ooh, I can't let you lie. This is what happens to a person. A person who complains, Hashem says, I cannot let you be a liar because the heavenly court is going to accuse you. So now I'm going to give you what to complain about. Okay, now you get what to complain about. But when a person, is the opposite. And he or she thanks Hashem for something that it doesn't look at all good. Thank Hashem, because you know, it's Hashem, I don't understand how it's good, but you're my beloved father and everything comes from you. And there's no such thing that you do something that's not good for me. Do you know what Hashem says? Hashem says, you're thanking me for something that's so painful. Now you're going to get a big reason to thank me. Because I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be insincere. I want you to be sincere. You want to thank me? I'm going to give you a reason to be thanking sincerely. So thanking works the exact opposite. A thank you, it's okay for a thank you to be insincere. In other words, to convince ourselves that it is all for the good. Uh, it's like something in athletics, a gymnast or a person hand-to-hand that he learns a new move. He or she learns a new move. And the new move is not natural. Okay, not natural. So you do it 10 times, and now the body begins to understand. You do 100 times, it's fluid. You do it 1,000 times, the motion that's done 1,000 times is automatic. In other words, if someone practices a punch block or a knife block 1,000 times, then it's going to, when it has in the real under under combat, it's going to act automatic. That's why people, gymnasts and 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 soldiers and practicing Krav Maga do over and over and over and over and over and over and over. This thing. So this is the same thing. When we want to increase Imuna, uh, King David says in Psalms, I believe because I spoke. King David would say something to himself a thousand times if it gets in his heart. Yeah, this is for the best. Shem does everything for the best. Shem does everything for the best. Wow, that's fantastic. Okay. So now what they would Rabbi Nachman says, each one of us, according to our spiritual level, we should go to the truth. Now he says, just what we just explained. 
Hashem's signet ring is truth. The, Re the Melzer Rebbe explains why did Hashem pick his signet ring as truth? Because 99% truth is 100% lie. Nobody could forge Hashem's signature. Hashem's signature is absolute, 100% true. You see it throughout the Torah. And that's why nobody, if it misinterpret Torah right, right away, uh, right away, nobody could forge Torah. That's the truth. That's the truth. Rabbi Nachman says, this amazing also, what Rabbi Nachman says, you got to look at what he says. Rabbi Nachman says, this is the foundation for all of Torah because it's the beginning and the middle and the end. What does Rabbi Nachman mean when he says that truth, emet, aleph, mem, tough is the beginning and the middle and the end. The word is the beginning, middle of the end. Aleph is the first letter of Torah. Mem is the middle letter of, of, the, of the Hebrew alphabet. And tough is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So you've got a word truth comes from the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the middle letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet that Hashem is showing us because the holy tongue comes from Hashem. He's showing us that emet, truth, is the beginning, the middle, and the end. It's everything. Everything. Once again, 99% truth is 100% lie. Uh, I don't think CNN or BBC comes even to 50% truth. Okay, so if we shouldn't have listened to some of 99% truth, then it's a no-brainer that don't contaminate your souls with that media. Don't listen to them. Don't let that come in. And when we get back to our normal learning, we will see in Torah Gimel that we're going to begin to start as soon as the things calm down and we get back to our normal Kisidron, our normal in order learning, that we will see that the ears are very much affected by the words we hear, by the music we hear. That's where Rabbi Nava talks about the, the, the kashras of music. It's important to listen to music that's played from a kosher musician. So that's the thing. It's important for us to listen to truthful sources. And the only way to get a truthful source is somebody that's connected Connected to Torah, you see like the little jet airplane with the, the refuel, mid-air refueling. And it's, we should be like uh, the mid-air refueling. That's a, that's a Shem's Torah. We should all be connected like with that, that, that pipe. It's like an umbilical cord refueling the little jet, the little fighter jet. And this is how Rebbe Nachman says we merit sincere words that pierce the heavens by clinging to truth. Okay, we cling to truth. Let's go a little bit further. Hope we can complete at least the first part of this Torah. All right. Now, Rabbi Nachman says, Wow. Rabbi Nachman says, Hashem doesn't expect you to be on level of truth of some big head of the yeshiva or some big rabbi. Be on the truth on your own level. And that's not that difficult. And Rabbi Nachman says, as soon as you reach the truth on your own level, you are connected to Hashem's divine light. Wow. And I get illumination of soul. And as such, a blessing. Every person, and you don't have to look, oh, the ship doesn't expect you to be somebody above your level, on your own level, but on your own level, where you've got that good and you've got that evil, connect to the good. Rabbi Nachman teaches us when we connect to the good by connecting to truth. When we connect to truth, boom, as soon as we put that plug in the wall, okay, that's a connection, creates a connection. And now we have a flow of electricity of divine light that illuminates our, our entire being illuminates our souls. And this must makes us happy. 
Okay, so he says now, Asher Chot Mohamed, we connect to Hashem, and his signet ring is, is truth. As Ne'emalav Hashem Oiri Ve'yishi. This is what we said for 50 days during all of Elul and the 20 days at the high holidays, that Hashem is my light and my salvation in Psalm 27. And this is what we need to remember right now when we're all in the bomb shelters, they're all being bombarded, and it's not just us here. I know if you're in if you're in London, there's pro-Hamas demonstrations in London. If you're in New York, pro-Hamas demonstrations in New York, uh, Penn State University, it used to be a very pro-Jewish place. Now, completely Hamas, and it, it's dangerous for Jewish Jewish students to be on campus. It's very dangerous. Okay, and then you see these leftist Jews, they want to be popular with the campus. And so they're demonstrating with the Hamas. Let me warn these people, you don't learn from history. You're clinging to lie. You're clinging to evil. You haven't seen slaughtered babies. Uh, do you know who acted like you? In World War II, there was the Judenrat. The Judenrat. In order to save themselves, they gave the Nazis lists of Jewish residents. Came it down. Nazis didn't know who was who. So the Judenrat collaborated with the Nazis, thinking that they would find favor in the eyes of the Nazis. Uh, they were all bunched up together, and they found their fate in the ovens. They were burned like everybody else. And the people that are collaborating with Hamas, they're going to have a fate that's worse than the Judenrat. They're going to be burned before everybody else because they're clinging. It's not my words. It's right here in Rabbi Nachman. They're clinging to evil. And if you cling to good, you cling to light. And if you cling to evil, you cling to the dark side. So now the dark side... He looks like the Yetzirah, something looks like your friend. That's what people say. Even the non-Jews in America, they say, you sold your soul to the devil. That is a true statement. That's a true statement. Because when he looks like your friend, he'll say, yeah, come on. Come on to the beach on Shabbat. Eat that cheeseburger. Go out with a married woman. Oh, have a great time. Oh, and then he's the first accusing angel that gives all the accusations in the heavenly, heavenly court that that person is going to be burned for. <laughs> it's not your friend. It's not your friend. Uh, young people, young Jewish leftists, Hamas is not your friend. You're demonstrating with them. Okay, when they finish with it, they don't realize that anti-Zionism and anti-Israel, it's not popular today to be an anti-Semite. So they don't say we hate Jews. They say we hate Zionists, we hate Israelis, but they're talking about you. They're talking about you. And once if, heaven forbid, heaven forbid, they would finish with Israel, wait and see how they turn on you, right like that. So you choose the right side, choose the side of light. It's, it's painful to see, to see how people are so misguided. Rabbi Nachman says, because Hashem illuminates a person, wow, this is great. Now that Hashem is illuminating, all of a sudden, things in your life that look like darkness, they're illuminated, and you see the openings, how to escape the darkness. This is how to escape the darkness. A person who is in, in psychological darkness, emotional darkness, and physical darkness, as soon as a person has gets the sun's light, now he can escape the darkness, because he can find a lot of ways out of the darkness, and that's the darkness he was consumed with. And really, when a person is in big trouble, he doesn't or she doesn't realize it, but there are a lot of openings, a lot of escape hatches. 
הבית לטמא, בטחים לו, יש לו פתחים הרבה. And our, our sages in the Gemara Tractate Yoma, they said if a person comes to contaminate himself, there's a lot of openings. And we learn that the side of holiness is 500 times stronger than the side of unholiness. When a person comes to seek the good, oh, there's many, many more openings to find himself out of the darkness. Okay, and that truth and the light of truth that opens up all the darkness. Rabbi Nachman continues, Now that we found the way out, we found truth, we found Hashem's light, Now that we've got light, we can find the way out. But yet, King Solomon says, uh, he says in Kohelet and Ecclesiastes, that a fool walks in darkness. You say, hey, look, man, look what truth takes you. No, I don't want that. I want to listen to the CAN. Uh, look what happens if you, you start keeping Shabbat, you start eating kosher, no, no, I don't want to hear about that. There's some, a story, it's a true story, true story. There were, and the rave party, there were 260 young people killed. Well, young man, one young man, the day before, he went to synagogue. And the rabbi, he had uh, some tzitzis, a couple pairs of tzitzis. And he said to his congregation, he says, I want some people to accept the mitzvah tzitzis. That in Israel, that do you know, that increase the merit of the people. And he looked at this one young man. And he says, I want you to do it. He said, come on, Rabbi, what are you talking about? I come to shul every once in a while, this and that. But I'm going to wear tzitzis. So I'm going to go with my buddies. And they're going to laugh at me. I got these strings hanging out of my pants. He said, no, I want you to do it. He said, no, come on, Rabbi. It's not my thing. He said, but it's a mitzvah the Torah. He said, no, I want you to go do it. He says, the rabbi said, make, make me a deal, okay? Tomorrow is Shabbat and Simchas Torah. One day, where it sits for one day, okay? He says, all right, so he made a deal, made a deal with the rabbi, where it sits for one day. That next day was Shabbat, Simchas Torah, October 7th. So his buddy comes, Shabbat, his buddy comes, and he wants to take him uh, a Friday night. He wants to take him to this party, this rave party. And the guy came home from Friday night services, and he had sits on. And promised the rabbi do it for one day. He says, oh, if I go to this rave party with all the, the, the hippies and all the cool people, boy, they are going to laugh at me. It's going to turn into, I can't go to rave party. He said, come on, you're probably, no, I can't go, I can't go. And uh, he says, well, maybe mom, he says to his mom, he says, well, maybe I'll take the tzitzis off and, and I'll do them tomorrow. And mom says, no, you promised the rabbi that you do it today. You, you do it today. Okay. So he said, buddy, okay, I'm going to have to pass on this party. So his buddy went to the rave party and his buddy was murdered. And this young man stayed home and wore tzitzis for the one day and it saved his life. You cannot imagine the power of one single mitzvah. We're not talking about heroic things under fire. There are plenty of stories, heroic things under fire. We're talking about one situation that I heard from one of my colleagues, that that, that guy in, in, in the south of Israel, where one day, not just he didn't accept the mitzvah of tzitzis for his whole life, one day of doing a mitzvah, it saved his life. This is so powerful. The light of Hashem's truth, the light of Hashem's mitzvahs, it is phenomenal, the power. And because Hashem is, is truth and his light is truth, and that's powerful. So we see as soon as we accept the truth, Hashem's Torah, it opens up lights for this guy to save his life. But then, no, nah, the fool, he don't want to hear about that. And that's why King Solomon says, Aksil that the fool will walk in darkness. And because the fool is in darkness, he won't see the way out. He won't see the way out of trouble. And he's like captive in darkness. 
oh, come on. Now, now you can understand. I, I get chills. And I get, just because of the Torah, you see more and more and more. The more I go into Torah 112, Rabbi Nachman, oh, well. This is Rabbi Nachman. It's like they're, 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 this daily newspaper right here. This is Rabbi Nachman Breslov with the news, Torah 112. So a person cannot escape the captivity because he's in darkness. Now we've got between 200 and 250 people captive in Hamas right now. And they could do it. If they would only, only do it, it's difficult to do, difficult to do. When I used to be, my first position as a rabbi was rabbi of a prison. And one of the first things I told the prisoners and Rabla prison, where I was at the rabbi of the prison, I said, if you guys look properly at Hashem and Hashem's mitzvahs, okay, you've got a wall here, you've got a wall there, a wall there, and a wall there. One of the most difficult things, I've, by the time I got to the wing, when I'd come to the prison, I'd have to go through eight different, and I was the chaplain of the prison, I'd have to go through eight different checkpoints, and they check my body. This crazy, crazy to go in there. But the difference between me and the prisoners is I could go back home at night. and They were stuck, stuck there. But I said, there's no wall on top of you. If you cling to Hashem's truth and cling to Hashem's mitzvahs, you're a free man because your neshama can go up. So even the darkness, incarceration, the darkness, captivity, if a person could only cling to Hashem, undoubtedly bring miracles. This is what kept Joseph alive 13 years in an Egyptian dungeon. Imagine 13 years in an Egyptian dungeon is not an Israeli prison where the, the, the prisoners, they, they, they let the, the security prisoners do master's degrees and doctor's degrees and, and they have TVs and whatnot. I don't know if they're still doing that now in wartime, but it, it's crazy. Right. But there's a lot of openings. As soon as we cling to Hashem's light, there's a lot of openings. And Rabbi Nachman continues, uh, when he clings to Hashem's light, all of a sudden he could speak words that pierce the darkness because the words of light, the words of truth. And King David says in Psalm 119, King David says, open up your mouths and your words will illuminate. And they make the simple-minded understand. Okay, this is exactly what Rabbi Nachman is saying. And this is illuminates the darkness and makes everything clear. Rabbi Nachman warns us that truth has to be complete truth. Like the Militzer Rebbe said, that 99% truth is 100% lie. It's got to be complete truth. Okay, no compromise on truth. It's got to be clear and pure with no... No blemishes. And a person with intellect, we're talking about spiritual intellect, he knows he prays all his life. Just give him a chance, like you give a horse a chance, and the horse runs back to the stable to his feet trough. If you give a servant of Hashem a little bit of time, he's right away talking to Hashem, right away praying, right away praying. And this was characteristic of King David. This was characteristic of the Baal Shem Tov. This was characteristic of Rabbi Nachman. And this characteristic, our sages of the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan says, Alevai, that a person should pray all day long. To the Gemara and Tractate Brochus. And then Rabbi Nachman continues, Hashem says, if a person merits one time, one time in his or her entire life to speak, one utterance of complete truth to Hashem. There, you've done it. You've accomplished your, your thing. One time. 
because this world is so full, what the King David, uh, the, excuse me, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in Azor calls this world Almond Shikra, the world of lies. If a person merits one time saying something really true, then he's home free. That's it. There are, Rabbi Nachman reiterates, there's a lot of levels in this, but if a person merits one time, then Hashem illuminates his life. Uh, even if a person doesn't reach the ultimate level of truth, Fitrusin is a level he's clinging to truth the best way he or she can. It doesn't have the power we can illuminate himself, but uh, it still merits Hashem's illumination. As soon as a person clings to truth, it merits Hashem's illumination. And Rabbi Nachman says that there are many levels to this and many levels that we have to understand. Okay, and this completed, we just now completed the first section of Torah 112. Hope next week this is a, a wartime, a wartime Torah. And next week hope to complete this section number two. And oh Hashem, got a couple of minutes left. Hashem should bless you all with all your hearts and wishes for the best and good health and good happiness and safety. And we shall hear good words from one another. And Hashem should protect the valiant soldiers of Israel and people of Israel. He who makes peace in the heavens. He should be peace amongst us and among all the people of Israel. Amen.